Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. It's the name of this show. That's the name of this show, Today's Issues. And we thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning. And uh, you gentlemen have a good weekend? Had a wonderful weekend. I did. It was a good weekend. Yeah. No problems? No problems. Oh. My hockey team is at the top of the National Hockey League. The Boston Bruins. Best start for this team in 90 years. You think so. that has something to do with you? I, I think it does. Okay. I think it does. Because you think the, the positive vibes you're sending through the computer screen is? I I have no other explanation. I, There's no other earthly explanation. I believe explanation. in positive energy. Yes. It's, it's all about me. That's why I call it our team. That's right. <laughs> and when you lose, it's? Those guys, those bumps. <laughs> so it's our team, unless you lose, in which case it becomes them bums. Right, right. What about Fred? How's your hockey team doing over there? Next question. Oh, <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. When was the last time they were relevant? Uh, uh maybe. Well, they won three Stanley Cups. That's uh, when they were relevant. Yeah, uh, that was uh, in the uh, two thousand. Yeah. Tens, I yeah. think. But professional sports is, is uh, with the exception of, of baseball, is is built on socialism. <laughs> Which means if you're good, you're going to be bad. Yeah. Because. It, That's true. Uh, you, look you're, what happens to the Patriots now, yeah. finally. The Patriots, after all those years, the NFL team I'm talking about. Right. Maintained a level of excellence, but even they're fading now. Mm-hmm. So, it happens. All right. So to answer uh, your question, had a good weekend. Yeah, okay. Uh, what are we going to talk about today, uh, Fred? Well, we've got a uh, – boy, there is a lot of news today. And uh, high on our calendar is the uh, Supreme Court of the United States hearing a case, and it's it's becoming a familiar story now. A Christian business person gets in trouble with a state law with regards to – uh, are they going to cater to a homosexual agenda? And in this case, it involves Lori Smith. She is from Colorado. She is a graphic artist. She she builds websites. And uh, she is now, her case is now before the Supreme Court because state of Colorado, uh, she does not want to have to build a, a website uh, for homosexuals who plan to get married. Right. Uh, that's the bottom line. She d- she doesn't uh, agree that homosexual marriages are legitimate. That's right. According to her faith. Yeah, much the same as, uh, you know, Jack Phillips, uh, bakers don't want to bake a cake for a homosexual wedding. If homosexuals want to just want a chocolate cake or a dozen. Or a wedding cake off the shelf. Off the shelf. Right. That's fine with them. Right. But they're not going to design things against what their Christian beliefs are. So should they be allowed to do that though? Isn't that isn't that discriminatory? Isn't that against the law? Uh well that's the the question is should it be against the law if it runs against uh religious beliefs? 
Uh, I don't think it should be against the law because I, I just the same thing would be true for a homosexual, the owner of a of a uh, a bakery. If it's a homosexual, but what if they want to deny it because of a, a racial or maybe they don't believe in biracial weddings? Do they want to say, "Hey, I don't want to design a um, a website. I don't believe in biracial weddings." What? What? Isn't that the same thing? Well, I, it 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 could you could make that argument. I personally believe that people should not be forced to. Uh, create speech, in that case it would be speech as opposed to religious beliefs, that they're uh, opposed to. For any reason. For, yeah. for any reason. Yeah. Because there are plenty of bakeries that will do whatever you want. I was going to say a homosexual baker should not be forced to make a, a cake that quotes Romans 1, if you could possibly do that. Well, we have a, we have a I, comment from Laurie Smith. Okay, one second. Okay. I don't believe you can find one example of what I said. No. Right. Okay. Right. I was only playing the part of the lefty who would yeah. come back and you say, you're, so you're opposed to biracial weddings because you don't believe that somebody should be able, made to uh, make a website. First of all, the left is trying to conflate. Uh, uh, what do you, what am I saying? Biracial. Is that the right way to phrase it? Interracial. Or, I- interracial. I yeah. should say not biracial. Interracial marriages with uh, same sex marriages. Right. They're trying to say those things are the same when they're not. Right. They're not. Okay. Uh, all right. So we're going to hear, who are we about to hear from, Fred? Lori Smith. She is the web designer whose case is before the okay. Supreme Court today. Cut number three. Well, you know, I've always enjoyed working with everyone, and I do that through my business. I have worked with people from all walks of life, and I have clients who identify as LGBT. So what I'm asking the court to step in and weigh on is whether or not we can live and work freely in alignment with our beliefs, whether they're the same as mine or perhaps different, but to do so without the government uh, unfairly punishing some of us. Yeah. Good for her. I hope she wins. I hope and pray she wins. I yes. think she will, quite frankly. Yeah. I don't think the court would have taken the case up had they not felt confident that there was a good chance there was five votes on the Supreme Court to support her. What's her name, Lori? Lori Smith. Okay. You know, I, I in thinking about this, why is it it's always Christians that seem to be hauled into court? Baronel Stutzman, Jack Phillips, Laurie Smith. Especially in Colorado. Yes, but in various places across the country. Yeah. You know, the Muslims take a stand against homosexuality. Yeah. I'm not aware of any Muslim baker or web designer being taken to court. Right. Yeah, we, we have to point out, and perhaps this is very obvious, there are other web designers in Colorado. Oh yeah, they the homosexuals probably, probably get what a thousand, they want. Yeah. a thousand or more. They could get what they wanted oh, somewhere yeah. else for sure. They could go to another baker. Yeah, they, they just could wanna, go down to the floors. No, they just want to pick on her because of her beliefs. Yeah, and they, they th- I think uh, also they think it's an easy payday. Yeah, well, because that's that's what happened to Baronel Stutzman mm-hmm. and then the Kleins up mm-hmm. in Oregon. They got hammered with huge fines that put them out of business yes and so what happens is these activists decide we can get a good we can make our point and get an easy payday you know i I agree with you for uh, ed i think the easiest way to look at this is we believe in freedom of association and the right to determine if you're an artist for example you you're a creative person you have the right to decide what you're going to create for whatever reason 
right. you want to. And uh, so that's what's at question here. Do people maintain the right uh, that I just described? Because, uh, I, listen, I've mentioned this example before. For those who would say, no, I want to compel this Christian website designer to make a website for a homosexual wedding or, quote, marriage, I would say, well, then you believe that a Jew who owns a printing company should be compelled to uh, do a, a, a poster for the skinheads rally. Right. They would say, Oh, absolutely not. Well, why not? Because they don't believe in that. That's wrong. It's they're going to support a group that's anti-Semitic and they're a Jewish business owner. Right. Well, I would say it's the same thing. It's the same application here. All right. Next story, Fred. Next story takes us to Moore County, North Carolina, Moore County, North Carolina at around seven o'clock on Saturday night over the weekend. Somebody or some bodies decided they were going to start shooting out some uh, power substations in that county. And as a result, uh, no arrest made yet. Uh, there are between 30 and 40,000 people still without power in that county. All the schools today are shut down. And uh, they've even have to open up shelters because there are people, cold weather has moved into that area. There are people who heat their house with electricity. They don't have any heat. So this is this is kind of scary. Where, where is this in North Carolina? You know what town was the largest town? Uh, I think uh, I'd have to check. What's here. the county? Moore County. Moore County. So it's it's probably not just a community. It's the entire yeah. county. One of the cities is Carthage. Okay, so what happened now? Somebody shot up the substation. There's two substations that have okay. been shot up. Critical equipment. It may take many days to get this equipment in and installed. Uh, so somebody. Why would it take that long? Uh, I guess some of the, the equipment is pretty sophisticated. The, the, uh, my understanding is for the uh, U.S. power grid, there is a tremendous shortage. Now, there have been members of Congress who have called for the production of spare parts replacement parts for our power grid but, but that was always in connection with a solar storm or something else that could knock out you know power uh, to large sections of the US but my understanding is there's a real shortage of these kinds of replacement parts i don't know whether it's just laziness or irresponsibility but uh, they have to go find these replacements and the, the you know you're talking about forty five thousand households and businesses that was initially left without power. They've started replacing some of the uh, equipment, but still thirty five thousand people without power. That could if that happened in multiple places around the country as part of some terrorist right. uh, a action, uh, we would be in big trouble. Yeah, actually, this is near uh, Pinehurst. And also Fayetteville, we have a lot of listeners in that area. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, in uh, in North Carolina, so s somebody intentionally, oh yeah, shot the uh, shot up the couple of substations. Yeah, they knew what they were shooting at too. Because this, uh, I think, as you mentioned, uh, Fred, the uh, county sheriff Ronnie Fields. Did you did you already mention what he said? He said the person who did this knew what they were doing. It appears they were trying to shut down the county. All right, so that's a quote from the county sheriff. So uh, when I, when this first happened and I read this last night, I think Walker actually sent it around to yeah. leadership last night. 
my thought was, was this just some teenagers out, just joyriding, decided to take shots at whatever they saw sticking up out of the ground, or was this something a little more sinister? Well, we sh- don't know the yet. sheriff says sinister because <laughs> he said uh, they knew what they were doing. So who did it and for what reason, we don't know yet. But, right. uh, no. you know, your power grid can affect millions of people instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cities, counties, uh, you know, regions. I mean. You know, and, and it's kind of, it, 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 uh, there's a ripple effect to power going out. If your power is out for three days, everything in your refrigerator and freezer is ruined. Okay. So you now have to replace all that, et cetera, et cetera. So you could have, uh, if it's real cold, you could have frozen pipes because you can't heat your house, that kind of thing. So frozen, frozen lasagna. Well, that, that, that you know, goes bad. Real, you're talking about real tragedy there. <laughs> That's what I'm talking yeah. about. It can get I knew ugly. you were thinking that. Yeah, it can get ugly. I was I was tracking with you real quickly. All right. Well, you said uh, that's it's partially been restored. Is that what you said? Well, initially there were forty five thousand. This is a Washington Post story, so you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> initially, the attack left roughly forty five thousand households and businesses without power. Duke Energy said in a statement. Roughly 35,000 remain without power Sunday night. It may take until Thursday to repair the damaged equipment and restore power. You're listening to the radio program today's, today's issues on American Family Radio. Hey, if you want to watch the show on the Internet, we live video stream the uh, program. You can go to Facebook. Just type in Today's Issues, Today's Issues on our Facebook page or our own video streaming service which is streaming.afa.net it's easy to go there and you can watch a lot of the afr shows and participate there at streaming.afa.net streaming.afa.net again today's issue is the name of the program i'm tim with ed and with fred next story fred you know we've been dealing with the hunter biden laptop story for a long time now a couple of years and uh we have believed because the New York Post and others have reported it that uh, the laptop was real. The speculation has been, why is it that the mainstream media and social media didn't want to cover this story in the election campaign of 2020? Why was it? Well, uh, Twitter has a new owner, Elon Musk. And one of the things that Elon Musk wanted to get, get down to right away is, okay, let's deal with this problem why was this story quashed well now he's released evidence now that he's the boss at twitter uh he is releasing evidence uh with the help of a uh, investigative journalist matt taibbi and on the weekend basically the information that came out was this that despite the fact that the fbi had had possession of that laptop for a year during the campaign Twitter, and we believe other social media, were having visits, conversations with the FBI. And the FBI was basically saying, hey, uh, we're, we're a little bit worried about the source on this Hunter Biden. You, you better not let, allow this story on your platforms. That's the bottom line. Disinformation. Disinformation. How many times do we hear that? 
Well, now uh, kind of the, the cat is out of the bag. Elon Musk himself making some comments on this during the weekend. Cut number four. I think uh, those people should be looking in the mirror and wondering why they were deceptive. Uh, why did they deceive the American public? And, and instead of trying to redirect blame to Matt Taibbi, they should be accepting some responsibility themselves for not being truthful to the American public. So here you have, now, now you've got a real blockbuster story. You've got proof from Twitter. Remember, Twitter had employees who were all in for the Democratic Party, right. Joe Biden. All right? Uh, so now we have evidence that all of this went on. FBI conversations don't run the story. Twitter, along Facebook and others, don't run the story. YouTube, you name it. So now we have, this is a blockbuster story. You would think now the mainstream media, if they're really good journalists, they would just latch on to this story on the weekend. This is big news. Uh, this morning, someone did an assessment of this. The major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and others, a total, I clarified this this morning, a total of seven seconds of coverage of this story on the weekend. How do you even have seven seconds of story? I just did seven seconds talking about it. That's it. Back to you, Fred. That's yeah. it. That's all there was Man, to that's... it. Joe Concha is a kind of a media-type uh, commentary, uh, gives commentary on the media on Fox. Uh, this is what he had to say this morning. Cut number six. If we truly care about preserving democracy and demand total transparency, not just from traditional media, but from social media, anyone and everyone of all ideological stripes of all news organizations should want this information out there as far as what happened behind this Hunter Biden story and, and why it was censored like we're in Pyongyang. Uh, and the best part of all of this uh, is that these folks who call themselves reporters and journalists hold the old Twitter before or Elon Musk as a shining example of, of, of truth and uh, a deterrent against misinformation. There you have it. I mean, he's, he's saying a lot there, but he's, he's, he's kind of basically uh, verifying what we've all been talking about for two years now, that the mainstream media, social media platforms were all in on, on doing everything they could to ensure that Joe Biden was elected president. Is that illegal, though? Is it illegal? No. I, I think the, the, the question is going to be going forward. Obviously, the federal government is not allowed to violate free, the First Amendment free speech rights of citizens or newspapers. The question is, can they then influence private companies like Twitter and Facebook mm -hmm. to do that kind of First Amendment squelching on their behalf, that's going to be the question. This was a, and you know, this is we've talked, we've talked about it. It's 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 kind of it's it's been out in the open. What twi what uh, Twitter did with respect to to uh, squelching or squashing the Hunter Biden laptop story was uh, further evidence of this, and it's been confirmed now by Elon Musk. But what happened was the the uh, mainstream media, in conjunction with the big social media giants like Facebook and YouTube, as you say, I mean, and uh, Twitter, uh, decided to join in with the the Joe Biden campaign, and the Joe Biden campaign was, in fact, in communi direct communication with Twitter 
and I guess Facebook, but we have confirmation of Twitter telling them what they wanted deleted. And and then the, the Twitter emails show that Elon Musk, who by the way voted for Biden twice, <laughs> right. he's not a conservative. He's more of a libertarian. He said he would vote for DeSantis next time around if he'd given the opportunity. I'm just saying this guy's not a conservative, uh, who's, you know, uh, uh, in in any way. So not not in any way, but he's not uh, somebody who's been on the other team trying to destroy uh, Biden's credibility or the these companies' credibility. So. They colluded. They colluded together because they were ideological twins. And the people at the top at Twitter and Facebook were getting the FBI said, listen, FBI, we got some bad stuff coming. Uh, and it's, it's erroneous and it involves Hunter Biden. This is what that, that one of those emails said, right? Mm-hmm. From the FBI the federal government. Yeah. So the FBI is doing the bidding of Biden uh, to influence the election mm-hmm. against Trump. Yes. By denying, by by suppressing a real news story involving the vice president's, uh, the former vice president's son. And it wasn't the fact that the laptop uh, existed. It was what was on the laptop, and it wasn't even the sordid you know, uh, pictures, uh, of him semi nude or involved with prostitutes. That's bad stuff. What we're talking about here is what's on the laptop that has to do with Hunter Biden's, uh, million dollar industry that he had going on, multi-million dollar industry had going on with corporations and governments around the world because his daddy was the vice president influence peddling or using the uh, White House, in this case the vice president, to make money off. Uh, uh, and what happened there? Did Joe Biden make money, the president right. of the United States? Uh, why were why were all why were all why were people that were business partners of Hunter Biden visiting the White House so often? All these questions were legitimate. Were uh, uh, the the authentication of the laptop was made by the New York Post. That's what the story what originally was. The New York right. Post, the fourth largest newspaper in America, they verified all these uh, emails. Yes. Okay. So that was the story that they that they broke. The New York Post, and that's when the damage, uh, dam- the Biden administration, the Biden campaign team went into uh, damage control, and they called their buddies at Facebook and YouTube. And said, "You got to stop this. You got to help us out. We got to beat Trump." And they said, "I know. We're all in." Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And yes. and the FBI, it, the FBI under a Republican yes. president, contacting social big social media. Yes. We assume on behalf yes. of the president, sitting president's opponent. Yes. In the upcoming election. Yes, that's what happened. Yes. And, and I don't know what the the Republicans are going to do. Uh, uh, investigating committee, I guess, uh, it calls some people up, subpoena them. Uh, you know, uh, Elon Musk is doing a lot of their work for them right, <laughs> right now. But even Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, he went on the Joe, Joe Rogan uh, podcast and said, yeah, the FBI was calling us, telling us there was some misinformation coming down the pipe, and we needed to be aware of it, and we needed to help stop it, basically. Yeah. So, of course, that wasn't true. 
the FBI was doing the bidding of Biden to try to help him stop this story about Hunter Biden. That's what happened, right? I mean, how else? No, that's it. Is what happened. That's, that's what happened. So, is it is it acceptable? Is it lawful for the FBI to uh, get involved in in campaigns in this way to try to help suppress information that the American people should know about? We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for standing with us. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, My goal as a teacher is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach... I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The Associated Press wrote a story the other day about how Uber and Lyft drivers are using their personal vehicles to promote Christianity. In many cases, the drivers play Christian music or listen to sermons. They see their work as a sort of mobile Christian ministry, sharing the good news with their passengers. It was only a matter of time for the Freedom From Religion Foundation to hit a speed bump. They claim the drivers are discriminating against atheists, and they want Uber and Lyft to implement policies that would forbid drivers from sharing their faith. They fired off letters to both companies accusing drivers of proselytizing, missionized against their will, is how the angry atheist described it. You know, it seems to me with all the road rage on America's highways these days, even the atheist crowd would welcome a calming and inspirational presence on our roadway. There's a reason why Carrie Underwood asked Jesus to take the wheel and not an atheist. I'm Todd Starnes. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. Nahum 1, verse 7. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, and Fred, we thank you for listening to this program. Um, And we will get back to some of the news of the day. Uh, But first of all, every once in a while, we have a um, story that crosses our desk about how people have uh, been impacted by the Ministry of American Family Radio. And we have one of those gentlemen on right now, Terry Capehart, uh, sent me a book. Uh, Terry is from uh, Texas, and he sent me a book, uh, and it talked about some, the book is titled, I Have Seen Too Much, My Journey Towards Faith Through Miracles. And I said, hey, it'd be good to have Terry on and talk about this for a few minutes. And good morning, Terry. Good morning. I can't believe it's already been eight years since you interviewed me for your uh, Miracle Monday uh, broadcast, in which several of the miracles that um, that are mentioned in the book were first made public. Hey, where do you listen to AFR? Uh, 90.5 in the Dallas area. Okay, I think that's Greenville Station, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, so you were listening back when we used to do Miracle Monday. Uh is that what we called it? Yeah, I think we called it Miracle Monday. Yeah. Miracle Monday. And we used to have, we may do that again sometime in the future. We just, you know, you can only do so much here. But uh, I, I, even named a, I even named a chapter, uh, Sure Enough Miracles, after what you all used to describe on Miracle Monday. Yeah, yeah, because we used to let people call in and give testimony of how God had uh, performed a miracle in their life. And uh, you, so you took that idea and you put together a book. The book is titled, I Have Seen Too Much, My Journey Towards Faith Through Miracles. Tell us about it. Well, I uh, sort of put it on my bucket list at the, at the time back in 2014 to write down all the miracles. But well, I suffered a stroke on Christmas Day last year, and I realized it didn't have very much water left in my bucket, so I decided to write the book. <laughs> I never heard it put and, that uh, way. Uh, me either. Yeah. I, I, Go ahead. I, I really, I really appreciate you promoting my book. And um, by the way, the proceeds uh, uh, go to support my church after the publication. So I'm re- literally not making a dime off of this. Um, but the, but the, uh, there's been so many miracles of every kind and every description, uh, from healing of cancer to growing new kidneys to uh, uh, just fractured bones being healed, you know, they're all covered in the book. And, um, uh, for example, uh, uh, my prayer partner, who's uh, Dr. Andrew Segris, he's a school superintendent down on the coast. We've been prayer partners for 19 years. And one particular uh, day happened to be the National Day of Prayer. We prayed for the country. And he said, by the way, the wife of my uh, friend of mine, has stage four cancer and they're getting ready to operate her on on the next day. And so we prayed for her that afternoon. He called me back all excited saying that when they went in there to do the test, to see what they were going to operate on the next day, everything was gone. They canceled the surgery and sent her home. And so, um, well, that's something that doesn't happen every day. Wow. And then there, and I even had to hold up the publication 
of the book in order for um, my wife, Linda's cousin, his wife had uh, stage four mantle cell lymphoma, and and she was totally healed of that. She she was so convinced that she was going to be healed that she told the doctors, "I'm not taking any more treatments, including removing um, fluid off of her lungs, which at that time was already thirty thirty five pounds of of fluid." And uh, she was so debilitated she couldn't even do normal housework or cook or anything. And the pain just left her uh, body from the started at her feet, went up through her, her shoulders and disappeared. There's no more um, fluid in her lungs. The PET scan showed that all the cancer in all her lymph nodes were was gone. And she had just bought a, a new version of the Bible called the Passion Version, which um, declared that Jesus dismantled death in in Second uh, Timothy, and so how, how do I how do I get a copy? How do I get a copy of the book? Uh, it's available on both Amazon and um, on um, uh, Barnes and Noble, and uh, you just look up the title of the book or my name or. Um, uh, any the, number of okay. Uh, the title of the book because I, I want people to know about this. Sorry for interrupting you, Terry. It's a miracle that yeah. I haven't earlier. Um, <laughs> everybody get that? Yeah. Okay. I have the name of the book, and it's it's a chock full. It's a story after I think it's a, how many fifteen or twenty stories in here, and they're 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 about miracles that God has worked in people's lives that can be verified. And right. what what the name of the book is? I have seen too much, and it's written by our guest Terry Capehart, C A P H A R T. He's a listener just like many of you, and uh, he, he he documented these miracles. And uh, the reason we want that just let me just say this about the book: these aren't stories that can be explained anywhere outside of a supernatural move of of God. I don't know. Does God move anyway about supernatural? I'm not sure, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Well, this he is, can use natural yeah. means. God can use effect. natural means like medicine or mm-hmm. doctors or, uh, nutrition or I don't know. There are all kinds of things that, uh, that, first responders for yeah, example, that, 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 that you would say, well, praise God that happened, but there's a natural explanation for it. Okay. Right. A, a fireman goes into a house and rescues somebody. That's uh, explained by a fireman. Right. I mean, we all understand how that happens. Uh, a, a, a child appears outside of a, a, a house of fire, and nobody says they went in and got him. Right. And that child says, somebody picked me up. And yeah, that kind of thing. Right. That, that's, yes. When that happens, that's called a miracle, and that's what God still does today. Now, they don't happen all the time to everybody, but miracles, by definition, are rare. But they have we have accounts in the Bible of miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, but God does use his supernatural powers to intervene sometimes to demonstrate his greatness, his awesomeness, I guess you could say. Just like Jesus did yep. when he just like Jesus did when he was on earth, you know. Go ahead, uh, Terry. On on the back cover of, of my book is a picture of me holding one of my grandsons, Braden. And Braden and Kaysen yesterday accepted the Lord as their Savior. Wow! And uh, it that in, in itself is just a just a great blessing. 
And Linda and I, as of November, just last month, we now have 17 grandkids and 18 great-grandkids. Wow. And, Set, uh, what, your eight, your great-grandchildren have overtaken the number of grandchildren? Yes. So you're expanding as of, exponentially. As two, two, yeah, two more, two more uh, were born in November. A lot of Cape Hearts. And <laughs> in, in, uh, in the but Metroplex. I, I, tease my, I tease my wife that if somebody steals a credit card, I'm just going to let them have it because they'll spend less than she does. <laughs> they'll spend less than she does. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Brother Terry, <clears throat> thanks for being on with us. Uh, and we encourage people to get a copy of your book. It's a. Uh, it's a paperback. It's available on Amazon and on uh, Barnes and Noble. You said, and any proceeds go to your church. Uh, Give the yeah. title again. The, yeah, the title is "I Have Seen Too Much," and uh, it's it's my journey towards faith through miracles by Terry Capehart. C A P E H E R T. And one of the ways Terry got the idea for this show uh, for this uh, book was listen to our show called Mo- Miracle Monday which we used to have here. Yeah. All right, Terry, thanks so much, my friend. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and thanks for putting yeah, this book together. Thank you very much. We it wish you much. like I'm already going to have to do a sequel to the book because miracles have happened since then, since I published the book. So yes. it's it's an ongoing thing. It never ends. And may it rain in your bucket. <laughs> yeah, fill your bucket back up. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, Terry. Yeah. So. What did he say? He said he had a stroke last Christmas, and he realized there wasn't as much water left in his, his bucket, bucket as he thought. So, anyway, I think we started doing that when Marvin was still alive. Miracle uh, Monday. I, I do remember doing it. I, yeah. I don't know how long it had been done before I started coming on the show with you. But uh, I might try that again sometime. It's yeah, our that, folks you know, really seem to enjoy that. Yeah, and it was a good. It was a good break from yeah. the you know the normal, you know heavier. Mondays when we deal with issues like we're dealing with uh, today. Hey, uh, uh, oh, this is Misery Monday. Yeah, we don't have we the Miracle got, Mondays. We wanted to go back to Misery Monday. Yeah, and uh, we talk so, about the you know that's the hard issues yeah. of the day. All right, Fred, what do you got next? Uh, what do we have next? Well, we got a couple of more stories in the next few minutes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the spotlight on Georgia tomorrow where you have the runoff for the U.S. Senate uh, seat there. And that, of course, is between the uh, current senator, Raphael Warnick, the, uh, the Democrat, and Herschel Walker, the Republican. We get a lot of attention. And uh, uh, the people of Georgia are very interested. To that point, there have been already 2 million people voted on this in the, uh, in the mail-in ballots and showing up at the early uh, to vote in person. But there's supposed to be voter suppression in Georgia. I know we're told that, aren't we? Why are we? two million people voting? By they the know mu- that they're supposed to not vote? Yeah, the much-trusted mainstream media keeps telling us. That was a big lie. Yeah, that's... Big yeah, lie that's, by Biden, big lie by the left that absolutely. voter suppression was going on in Georgia. We see that wasn't true. Yeah. I'm now, sure we'll have a full apology today <laughs> from, uh, from uh, what's... what's uh, Stacey Abrams, you mean? No, it was now from uh, the... Uh, Pierre, Jean Pierre. Oh, Corinne Jean Pierre. Corinne Jean Pierre. Corinne Jean Pierre. Yes. KJB. I don't know why you have that as struggle. I don't know. I just wish we'd. Did, Maybe. You take, did you take French? I, I, I just wish we'd get a Nancy Jones <laughs> back in the White House press secretary's office, okay? 
Well, we did uh, have a Jen Saki. Yeah, was... even that though. Yeah, sounds nice. like a game. <laughs> hey, you want to come over and play Jen Saki? <laughs> we'll play sure. Jenga first. Sure, we'll be, and then we'll play Jen Saki. All right, go ahead, Fred. Go ahead, you guys. Anyway, uh, yeah, voter turnout is uh, always the uh, the big the big if in uh, in any election, and it seems it seems history has, has shown us the advance voting uh, seems to favor the Democrats. Uh, and that is why Newt Gingrich, who's been out campaigning uh, for Herschel Walker, says tomorrow, if Republicans want a chance to win this, they better show up big time. Cut number eight. When you have this kind of a special election, you only have two people on the ballot, so you don't have a governor's race or all the local state legislative races. What matters is who's willing to go to the polls. And if uh, Herschel has a really big day tomorrow, uh, he'll win. If he doesn't have a really big turnout, he won't win. I think in, in votes actually cast, Warnock's a little bit ahead, but he's not ahead by enough to be safe. So it's up in the air. And I, I think all of us who are for Walker have our fingers crossed about turnout. If it's a big enough turnout, Walker will win. If it's not big enough turnout tomorrow, he won't. And part of the key has been getting across to Republicans that the difference in the Senate between a 50-50 power share if Walker wins and a 51-49 Democratic majority of Warnock right. wins, that difference in real power is enormous. So there you have it. Uh, it's, it's about voter turnout, and that's what Gingrich is saying. Will they show up tomorrow? So what he meant by that, we're, and we're talking about uh, Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, mm -hmm. um, what he meant by the actual difference in power in the Senate between a 50-50 split and a 51-49 majority on the part of the Democratic Party is, I'm, I'm guessing that what he's talking about is you have to split the chairmanships yes. for committees. Unlike the House. Unlike the House. Yeah. So that's a big, huge difference. Yeah. If it's 51-49, if Warnock wins and beats Walker, uh, then all the chairmanships of all the committees in the Senate are filled by Democrats. Correct. If it's 50-50, they have to split them. So I didn't know that until uh, a week or two ago when we were talking about this uh, this race, this last race, because I was thinking, well, what difference does it make? If it's 50-50 in the Senate, you still have Kamala Harris there to throw things the Democrats' way. But he, uh, all the experts are talking about the chairmanships of these committees. Yes. Absolutely. All right. What else we got? All right. December 6th, is that to run out? Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. That is. It's tomorrow. Yep. All right. It is tomorrow. Anyway, uh, well, in the meantime, uh, Republican GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be the next Speaker of the House, uh, was doing media interviews on the weekend. And he, in one of those interviews, he said he believes he has been able to convince the President of the United States, Joe Biden, to drop the military's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Now, I, I'm, scr I'm scratching my head on that. I hope that's true. I hope it's true. Uh, because these vaccine mandates for our military, the what it's done to our military, there's one figure that already 8,000 members of our military across the various divisions have been thrown out because they're refusing the vaccine. Uh, the House GOP leader-elect Steve Scalise was on Fox this morning uh, saying the vax mandate, as we've been saying, is bad for the military and ending it uh, will be tied to defense 
reauthorization. Cut number seven. Yeah, this has been a problem uh, for a while in our military. We've seen recruitment down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking over 25% or higher recruiting, recruiting drop because people yeah. uh, just don't want to get the mandated in terms of what we need to do to focus on China, the real threats around the world, and it's really posing long-term threats to our military. So as we're doing the National Defense Authorization Act, you ought to be addressing the problems that our military is having, and this is one of them. We want to get this... And that's what Kevin McCarthy, apparently, in his meeting that he had last week with the president, said, listen, um, if you want us, because when we take control of the House, if you want us to pass the defense reauthorization bill, then we're going to tie a condition to that. And what McCarthy is saying now is that you're not going to get that defense reauthorization bill unless you agree to drop this COVID mandate. I'll believe that when it happens. Uh, me, me too. I, 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 the strong words from McCarthy and from Scalise and from Scalise. Uh, but t- if well, we're talking about not paying our military, we're talking about not authorizing expenditures for projects that would take a spine of steel to stick with your guns on something like that. I hope they do it. Uh, but uh, I, I, it's it's really concerning to me when they when uh, I think it was Steve Scalise talking about the twenty five percent drop in recruiting. I think you have things like and and by the way, it's not just for our all volunteer military; it's also for the National Guard. You have these vaccine mandates. You have this woke garbage going on in the military, where a lot of people are being purged mm-hmm. if they are conservatives, and then you have. This is not connected to the culture war. You have the fact that they're having a very difficult time finding young people mm-hmm. in shape enough yes. to actually go into the military. So uh, we have some real serious tr- uh, problems. You have these fanatical ideologues on the left, including in the Biden administration, that I think would be just fine with seeing the ship sink as long as they get to stick to their ideology. You mean the military go down the tubes? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I think they, they don't have a, a, a – they would just deny that it's going down the tubes. And we still have a very strong and powerful military. But you're talking about meeting recruitment goals to replace people who retire every year. Yeah. And uh, we get some real serious problems. Let me just say I do appreciate Kevin McCarthy, the new uh, – who will be the Speaker of the House in January, and Sc- Steve Scalise who will be the Republican leader, right, mm-hmm. in in January. I do I do appreciate them bringing this up as an issue, but uh, I, I don't think they would hold up under the pressure of uh, either you pass uh, the defense reauthorization bill or you don't, based on the COVID vaccine mandate, uh, shot the experimental vaccine shot. I, Maybe they will, and maybe they've got the numbers, but yeah. uh, I doubt it. Very seriously, we've seen this play out before. But I do appreciate them bringing it up. And, and McCarthy said I brought it up with President Biden, and he didn't necessarily disagree with me. That's right. what, isn't that what he indicated? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this morning, Lloyd Austin, that. the, the uh, defense secretary. Yeah, chair, defense secretary. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one who said he, he came up with this uh, idea of the COVID. You know, we, this is, shouldn't be a question any longer. First of all, COVID is over as an as a national and international emergency. It's not a pandemic any longer. 
So there's not a, a sense of urgency for forcing people to get a, a vaccine shot about something that's that's uh, not uh, as prevalent as it once was. It's still and is depressed around the world, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is it's not a vaccine in the traditional sense. It doesn't keep you from getting anything. It doesn't keep you from spreading it. So why you want to force people to get something that doesn't keep them from getting it or spreading it? Why, why do you still want to force somebody to get something that to, that they object to because they say it, they they are they afraid of the unknown of the vaccine? Especially if you're if you're young, right? It's because it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's because it's caused uh, blood clots and heart. Uh, well, myocarditis. I mean, that's proven. Particularly susceptible if you're a young person right. under age thirty, right. which is prime age for being in the military, right? Right, and so maybe I should even say this, but uh, anecdotally, and I can't, and under the I can't prove this, I'm reading. I don't know, but I'm reading and hearing a lot about people that are dropping dead for no reason, and some of them are celebrities and well-known people. But uh, maybe that's always been the case, and I've never noticed it before. But I, I'm saying that it makes you wonder. Are the blood is a blood clotting from these vaccines causing people to die? Yes, prematurely. I don't have any evidence for that. I'm just, I do have that question in my mind. Maybe there'll be research done that will disprove that or prove right. it one day in the near future. I'm sure there probably will be, but uh, I, I'm just saying anecdotally. I've just noticed this. I don't know if y'all have. Well, I have, and I'm I'm with you. I, I my I question as I read these things and hear about them. I ask, well, has it always been this way? And we're just we just never heard about it because right, right. there wasn't all this controversy over the vaccine slash shot, and maybe not. That's why I'm paying attention to right. it. So I don't know. And but here's here's the other issue, and we've talked about this a lot. So I'll just toss this out and don't want to necessarily go down this rabbit hole. But we've talked a lot about the fact that the medical community, especially that connected with the CDC, the NIH, and other governmental institutions that during COVID, uh, that worked to suppress opposition viewpoints on social media, may added to my suspicion. So I, I so what part of that suspicion is? Well, is there a real thing going on here with regards to some of the? Uh, consequences of giving this shot to people that we're just not being allowed to hear about because it's being squashed mm-hmm. on Facebook and YouTube and right. Twitter. Right. And, and it was any countervailing views. That's on probably this. why we're banned from YouTube right now. Yes. We don't know. They won't tell you exactly why. Right. But, but uh, the big social media companies like YouTube, they were, you, you, you said something that they considered quote misinformation. They'd, they'd ban you. Right. Yep. Uh, so if if I'm suspicious, it's the fault of Dr. Anthony yes, Fauci yes. and these others that worked with social media to squash opposition viewpoints. Right. So I sit there and go, well, then maybe I'm not getting all the information because the government has a stake in getting these vaccines out because they made some sort of deal with Pfizer and Moderna. Well, the other thing is, remember, 
we were told multiple different things by these uh, top-level politicians and and uh, science people. Remember that? Dr. Fauci set up early on. Face masks aren't going to stop this. Remember that? Yes. Remember, he sort of mocked the idea. Mm-hmm. A month later, yeah. a month later, he's on board with face masks. Remember that? Later on, he said two face masks, maybe. Maybe goggles. <laughs> Uh, if you want to keep it from getting in your eyes, but, uh, so that was, but then you had people like president Joe Biden telling us if you take the vaccine shot, you can't get COVID. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Right. Was he ever fact checked on that? <laughs> no. Remember, remember Trump was fact checked every day, all day. Yeah. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Remember that? Right. Biden tells whoppers regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get fact checked, uh, like which is more evidence that uh, liberal media is all in. Yes, uh, for the Democrats. I don't. I, we're going to have pretty soon. We're gonna, I, I I suspect we're just going to have a press conference where all these big liberal media and social media get together and they say, you know what, we just want to come. We want to out ourselves. <laughs> we're all we're all Democrats, and we're not going to pretend anymore. So if you. Uh, we're not. We don't need any investigations. We don't need any exposés. We don't need Elon Musk buying anything else. We're just <laughs> going to tell you straight up: we're far lefties, and we're going to try to kill conservative America. Next question. <laughs> I mean, they might as well just come out. I mean, CNN is dying. Yes. They're, 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 we're we're going to have a uh, an RIP. Mm-hmm. It's going to be CNN RIP. <laughs> pretty soon because they're going down the tubes have you noticed they've been oh they're, they're slaying off people yes. hiring people yeah, like crazy. Gonna, pretty soon they're going to have the janitor do the evening newscast <laughs> right. you know just to make the most of a person's time right you know i'm dave <laughs> dave i'm here for don lemon <laughs> and don lemon and i use lemon smelling cleaner in the toilet and then I come in and do the newscast. That's right. All right. And then I'm the last one out. I turn out the lights. <laughs> the party's We're over. about to do on CNN all together. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.